Good day. Welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper and it's Sunday night. And I'm here this evening with a life in parenting. There is always discovery and you never stop learning. The music I'm listening to tonight begins with Bill Evans, The Waltz for Debbie. I hope today finds you well, or at the very least getting better. Um, one of the biggest joys of my life is being a parent. Uh, again, I did not really ever know my father, and he passed when I was seven. So I always wanted to know what it was like to, that relationship was like. Now, I had a lot of good men who looked out for me. But none I could call dad, none that were my father. Um, I was blessed to have two sons. I am blessed to have two sons. And they are now 27 and 29. And they're very good young men. And going back to the very beginning, as a parent, people can give us advice about how to parent, give us advice on, give us little things that we might really need to know that are very helpful, but nobody can tell us how to love our children. That's something that that we learn, that we discover. And it requires commitment. It requires persistence. It requires love. Um, see, children, I, I've been blessed to work with children for the last... 20, 25 years and done some studying on the, the uh, preschool mind, the children up growing up to high school. It's a beautiful thing, but in order to understand what we've already lived and how it relates to what's going on today and how it relates to how it relates to my children as a parent is something I wanted to do. I, I, always believe too that and some things are inevitable but children have this thing of discovery they could discover something new every day every day they could discover something new um, and for the best part when they discover things new probably for the best part parents aren't around whether it's in preschool, whether it's on the playground, that's where a lot of discovery takes place. For example, uh, in a classroom, a three-year-old black kid touches the three-year-old white kid's hair. A three-year-old white kid plays with a three-year-old black kid's hair. They realize it's different. They don't know what else to think of it. But they move on and keep playing. That's discovery. It's discovery to a child. And that happens every day when children play. And it's best that we're not there because we will take their discovery and put it through our lens. And they will trust us because we are their parents. But we have to trust them to discover for themselves. Um, I, I remember back when I was working, uh, doing live programs, well, 
I still do. But when I began doing live programs for preschools, there was a four-year-old kid that was so fun to play with in one of the schools. Uh, his name was Kieran. He had big red hair. And his family were big Redskins fans. Washington At that time, they were called the Washington Redskins. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so when I would go to his school to do the music classes, we would kid back and forth, Eagles, Redskins, Eagles, Redskins. Um, and one day, they, the family used to have season tickets to Redskins games. So Kieran bought in a program from the game that happened the, the previous Sunday. Again, he's four years old. And at this time, Deion Sanders was a member of the Washington Redskins. And Deion Sanders was on the late, was on the cover of the magazine. So Kieran, when I got there, he rushed, when it's time for his class to have music, he rushed in to see me with the magazine in his hand. He was so excited to brag about his Redskins. And he picked up the magazine and he said, Mr. B, look, Redskins. And then he stopped. And he looked at the magazine. And he looked at me. He looked at the magazine again, and then he looked at me. He did that for a third time, and his look went from curiosity to, to just intrigue. And he looked up, and he finally said to me, he said, Mr. B, you're black like Dion. I said, yeah. He put the magazine down, and we went on with the music class. Kids discover. We discover. That's always happened. And for the best part, for the most part, again, I say it's best that it doesn't happen when grown-ups are there a lot, but that's how life is. That's how we are. And we were. This is uh, Vince Guaraldi, uh, the Charlie Brown Suite. Uh, this is the Peppermint Patty song. So, again, kids discover, but I also did a lot of discovering for myself too as a parent. Because I remember one of the first things was the woman I'm related to by marriage and I, we both work, and finding suitable childcare for our first Brandon, who is two years older than Detroit, so finding suitable childcare for both of them when they were three and one, um, four and two. And we did the gamut. We tried this center, that center, uh, Catholic churches. And for me, and understanding this, whatever, to me, I believe every parent's main concern with childcare is safety. That's your number one concern at the very least. Yeah, you can teach my kid the alphabet and all of that things, but is my child going to be safe? That's the main thing. And with that being said, it's a feel. You get comfortable with people because here's the thing, you're taking your, you're taking the person you love most, your child, and you're trusting them in an environment that you have to learn to trust too. And then you're leaving them there, eight, nine hours a day. You're leaving them there, you're trusting them there, you're trusting the environment. And everybody comes at that to that decision and to that point in their own way. Well, with me, I might have looked at 37 different childcare providers uh, before I ended up keeping my sons with their aunt. 
who was a child care provider too at the time. But the other thing is that as a parent, you show up for these programs. You show up for these things that involve your children and the other children. And your children make friends that they want to see outside of school. And I learned from my own experience that as a parent, again, firstly, I'm not apologizing for any decision I make if I'm uncomfortable with my child not being there. And there's a lot of decisions, a lot of situations over periods of time raising children where some people have more of a struggle with it than others. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, My son, my youngest son, you know, at that point in time, this is maybe 20 years ago, they're having, 25 years ago, they're having play dates with friends. And I'll be very honest again, I'd rather have you have your play date over my house because I know me. Now, it took me to be real about things and get to know enough about parents of my children, friends. My children's friends, I had to get enough to know about their parents that I'm comfortable with just leaving my ch- child there. It took a lot, not because of anything the parents were or were not doing, but from my point of view, I had to learn how to trust like that. And I think of one particular incident where DJ and a friend had a, we were doing a home and home play date. So his friend was over our house and DJ's maybe four or five. His friend is over our house the night before and they had a great time and they played their little tent games and everything. And his dad comes over, Um, his dad picks him up and he comes back the next day and Detroit's time to go with him to his house for the night. Well, when the father came in, and I won't say what ethnicity anybody was because in this story you will see it does not matter. When his father came in my house at three o'clock in the afternoon, the son had on a Superman outfit. It was in the summertime. He had on a Superman outfit, full cape, full boots and all. Okay, he's four years old, that's cool. But the dad had on a Superman outfit too. Full boots, full cape, full mask, everything. At that point in time, I said to myself, well, DJ can go for a couple hours, but we really have something planned for tonight. On my own, I was uncomfortable with, for myself. I mean, because I didn't get to know the father enough or the family enough. I thought it was a little bit different to show up at my house, to take my kid to your house for the first time. And again, the problem was this is probably the first time we met and you're wearing a full Superman outfit in the middle of the summer. So I had to understand that for my kid's sake, And if I really want him to learn how to trust, I had to learn how to trust too. But I wasn't going to blindly trust. And some of the things I see now, I would would find hard to deal with as a parent. I would find it hard to have to, to order a babysitter off the internet. I would find that incredibly difficult. Because maybe that's just the way I am. I could be anal that way. But I would, I would find that incredibly difficult because, again, to pick someone you've never met because they're accredited by a certain agency and they're invited into your house 
and you're not there, but your children are. I am prayerful that this always goes right. But for me, it wouldn't have a chance to go at all. Um, that's just me. I don't know how you feel about that. I would wonder. Because when I see commercials now where they advertise for child care providers, you know, you're going out on a Friday night, your babysitter canceled, you need a babysitter, you can go online and get one. That's, that's, that, that wouldn't work for me. Um, but, but again, like I said, when children or parents seek child care, they seek safety. And then, but the thing is, you, I learned, I'll speak for myself, I learned to get, to open myself up. Because you can take a child to another child's birthday party and sit in the corner and not talk to anybody. But you can talk to somebody. The, the friends of your child, the parents of the friends of your child. I don't, the relationship is, can be anything from one to 100, but it has to be if your child is friends with their children. Because the alternative to that is keeping your child away from people he likes. He's not being able to play on his own terms sometimes, not all the time, but on his own terms. He has to play on yours. This, again, is uh, Bill Evans. Um, the song is Autumn Leaves. Bill, three or four piano players that I really go back to anytime I want to just hear something soothing. Bill Evans is one. Oscar Peterson is another. Um, Vince Guaraldi, there, there's several, there's more than three or four, but this is Bill Evans, the song is Autumn Leaves. Okay, um, right or wrong, as a parent, I wanted things on my terms. And I understood that my kids would understand me, whether they understood me or learned to love me, I, I got both, but to me, Neither one mattered because there were certain decisions I knew I had to make as a parent for my children, just like we all do. Um, now, the other thing is that I always wanted to get to know parents, uh, of white parents, of Indian descent, of Hispanic descent. I wanted to know every parent that my child knew, their, their children, because I wanted them to see me and see enough to care for my children just like I would care for theirs. See, as a black man, this is no something we made up. There's a lot of things we talk about where we say, well, this is a black thing. That's black. You know what it is as a black man? It's not, it shouldn't be a major achievement but it's a necessity to try. I, one of the things I wanted to do with my children or teach them or guide them, because I couldn't, some things you have to guide without teaching. You guide first and teach later. But I wanted to make sure that my kids avoided being in the system. And as a black man, I knew they didn't have to do something wrong to be in the system. So with that mission accomplished, um, they're free thinkers. See, I believe as parents, 
We put foundations in our children. Foundational things. We want our children to do what they wish to do, but it's hard for some of us to back out of that sometime. There's a family member in Ohio who I met for the first time 10 years ago, and he has a son the same age as my son. And him and his son had just gotten back to communicating positively. And his son was at 21 and 22. And, and he told me, he said, listen, Neil, he said, um, I found myself wanting what I wanted for my son as, a, as, as opposed to seeing what he wanted for himself. And he said, when he, that, and that's what kept them apart. But he also said when he thought about it, and he asked me this personally, did I really know what I wanted to do when I was 21 or 22? I had an idea, but I didn't have a path. His lack of communicating with his son was because he wanted so much for him, but he didn't know what his son wanted for himself. So there has to be constant, well, for me, there always had to be constant communication. I got into a lot of situations, well, no, I didn't get into any situations. I <laughs> directed my kids a certain way on two things in particular. If they had a curfew as teenage boys, or if I had girls, but I had boys. So if I said, this is the time you are to be home, that was the time they were to be home. If they decided to come in five or 10 minutes after, my clock would be set. My alarm clock would be set for the time they were supposed to be home, be it 12 o'clock, no later than one o'clock while they were teenagers. If they happen to meet, come in the door at 105 or 1 to 10, I'm there waiting for them. They can give me anything they want, but they know every time at, at quarter to 12 or quarter to 1, they are thinking about me being in the door at 5 after 1. And that consistency, I believe, you know, helped. It helped me and it helped them too. And, and the other thing is, as a parent too, we, we want so much for our kids. But again, we have to start to figure out what our kids want for themselves. Um, everybody disciplines differently. As an artist, I have a voice that can be used in a lot of different tenors. So... With my kids, yeah, they, they, I, I gave them the strap once or twice. I sure did. But there was also times where I could put a tenor in my voice when they were very young that kept me in control of the situation. Um, so I, I released a podcast on uh, YouTube last week, um, one I've done two years ago with a friend, uh, Jack Fleming. Uh, I'm black, Jack's white, and we just the conversation. We just had a conversation, and you can find that on Neil Bailey Harper at, at YouTube, uh, talking about podcasts. But I found myself wanting to have more conversations with people different from me, because again, I want you to care for enough for me, and I care enough for you to look out for your kids. And you look out for mine. I don't know how that happens. I thought maybe partly you could do it in, you know, grown men discover a connection. 
And I think once you discover a connection as a man, unless you're totally desensitized to any nurturing, you keep that, that respect grows. And when that respect grows, um, you, you look out for any child, any young man, when it's time to look out for them, when you're in that situation. Um, my oldest son's best friend at as a teenager is his best friend today. As a teenager, uh, she spent three or four days a week in my house, lots of times. Um, I had a lot of conflict with Rashid, but he was Brandon's friend. And I could not tell him he could not have that friend. But if he was going to spend time with that friend, I tried to make sure that more of that time was spent in our environment. To this day, I still... Rashid will text me on my birthday. Uh, again, I see him. He's, with, he's still my son's best friend. They live in the same city. But he constantly talks and reminds me and in some ways thanks me for being like I was to him. See, here's the other thing I believe. As a teacher, and those of us who are teachers and as parents, you have to be the parent to say no and take the hit. Because everything isn't yes. Some things you have to say no to. And deal with how it's dealt with. Because if you don't say it to them, who will? Again, Vince Garaldi. You know the song. The Charlie Brown, Lucy and, Lucy and Linus song. Um, the most rewarding thing I've ever done is have children and raise my children. Um, to have someone, when I grew up, not knowing my father, having people in the neighborhood, and I worked in a corner grocery store, so I saw everybody in the neighborhood, but having these people come in at any given time and say, man, you look just like Detroit. To this day, I don't have a picture of my father. So being blessed enough to have children and I've got thousands of pictures. And to have people say, your son looks just like you. I don't know if that me I don't know if you can understand how that feels. And that's the other thing too. Empathy and understanding comes for me a lot of times from trying to understand how someone else is feeling. See, with my sons, we had a lot of conversations and they, they confronted me about my behavior from time to time because they wanted me to see how they felt without dismissing the fact they have feelings. See, as a parent, it's not a my way or the highway thing. It's my way is a good highway. You can veer off of it later, but for now, it's... So I had to learn how to put myself in their place and sometimes have them put themselves in mine. I remember lots of times too in raising my kids, if I did something for them, they liked it and they said, thank you. I'd say, the way to thank me is, if you're really trying to thank me, thank you is two words. 
But the way to thank me is to maybe do the things I ask you to do around the house. Do the things that you said you were going to do. It's, it's, it's ongoing. Okay. My children are grown men now, but we still, the relationship evolves. But I'm still their father. They're still my sons. A life in parenting. Talk to me about it, y'all. Talk to somebody. This is the Talk It Out podcast. Have a blessed and wonderful day. There's always going to be discovery, and you never stop learning and hopefully loving. Be blessed, everyone.